Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are back once again with the Pro Wrestling Spotlight presents True Hill Heat 76. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing a huge AEW uh, debut last night on Dynamite. We will be discussing an NXT star coming over to SmackDown, week 32 of the Wednesday Night War, as well as we will be giving you a very special, our own personal, the three of us, our own personal top three happiest moments in wrestling history because we need to put smiles on wrestling fans' face after a very (laughs) sad and rough week. But let me introduce my co-host. We have first of all the princess of all the true heels, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, hello, hello. And we have our resident true heel alcoholic. This is Top Guy JJ. I'm I'm seeing you from that side. The true heels are together. You see, we in sync here. I don't know. I don't know. Word, you know? Don't jinx it, man. Don't jinx it. Hey, you didn't you didn't guys didn't send me the memo, so it's all good. Um, so we got a first uh like last week, like 75, where we talked about and remembered uh Chad Gaspar. We have another sad note from the wrestling world before we get into anything. Our thoughts and our prayers go out to the family and the friends of stardom superstar Hana Kimura. Unfortunately, Hana Kimura uh, committed suicide over this past weekend. Uh, she was a contestant on the reality show Terrace House, which is available on Netflix uh, over in Japan. And apparently she got into a dispute with one of the housemates in the house of Terrace House where he uh, damaged one of her ring gear, a very special ring gear in her career. It was the same ring gear that she wore for the first ever women's match that took place at the Tokyo Dome this past January. Uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, he damaged that uh, that attire. She slapped him across the head, almost knocked his hat off. And basically, the fans of Terrace House then got into very cruel, vile type of cyberbullying, uh, basically telling her that they wanted her to kill herself. And that's what the story kind of ended off like. Uh, she basically uh, drank something that... Uh, made her pass away Uh, it's a very troubling and very sad story you know so much negativity in the world to have that in like our wrestling world after just recently losing Chad Gaspar it was some very sad news but so my request to everyone watching here be a part of the change be a part of the positivity in this wrestling community Please stop cyberbullying. Like your words mean a lot more than you can ever imagine. So I'm just gonna request everyone watching this, please become a part of the cause to stop cyberbullying. Anything you guys want to say before we uh, get into our roll call? Um, it's just sad to see that you know people out here still bullying people online. Like you can't be an online gangster. You can't be an online thug. It's not cool. And you. Trying to bring someone else down is not cool itself. And, and the word you will get is karma. You will get, it, it'll come back to you for what you are doing to others. It's not nice and it's not fair that you can now get off on like being mean to others. It's not cool. And it's so sad that she didn't have, you know, someone that she probably could have like called or, you know, just someone to help her out in that time where she is like feeling at her, maybe at her lows. I don't know, but for her to like take her life because she couldn't take 
what was happening anymore was just really, really sad. And I, I send my condolences and prayers to her family because it's sad. It's really, really sad and it sucks and it doesn't, it's not nice. Yeah. The, here's the unfortunate part about knowing people that's in the wrestling, that's in the wrestling community is they don't separate a lot of the times real life and wrestling. They, they, they literally, they, there's so many people that is on in it. Like we would rip each other all the time when it comes to wrestling jokes and just talking stuff about each other. And we know how to separate real life and wrestling. We know when to become brothers and we know when to become heels. We know when to become brother and sister and we know when to become heels. There's too many people in the wrestling culture that don't know how to separate it. Uh-huh. And 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 like we can do it because we know each other, but that's why I personally I take so many distant breaks from Facebook and from things like uh. that because people don't ever know what you're dealing with in the real life realm, and then they'll just jab at you at any moment's notice. And not that like a person, like you can't take it, but it's just like, do you want to even tolerate it? And she's in the world. She's in the profession. She was in the professional world and rest in peace to her and condolences to her family and everything, because you never know what they're dealing with. Like that was mm-hmm. probably the most special moment of her life. And then somebody just because he wanted to have an ego trip, just stripped it away from her. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a monumental thing for her to have some ring gear for the first ever women's match in her native country. Like, like what is, it's like people don't get these things. And it's like, just because you want to have a show out and you want to, you're going to do this at the expense of somebody not knowing what their status is. It, it, it the bullying is horrible. Like it, it's really horrible to a point where it's like, you know, it, it makes you question how many people even know the difference. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. And it, it, when people lose their lives, like we just literally one episode ago just celebrated the life mm-hmm. of one of the most heroic brothers that we've ever met. And then literally now we're talking about celebrating or just a, just just mentioning another person that we lose in the wrestling world. And, and it's what is it going to take? What I is it this- going to take? I think the saddest part about this is that she was only 22 years old. And yeah. if you know anything about stardom wrestling, uh, stardom women of wonder, they have produced some of the best professional wrestlers in women's wrestling today. Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai. So that's how I got exposed to stardom. And I discovered Hana Kimura. And I said to a lot of people that follow stardom or follow the Japanese pro wrestling, she was the next big star to break out from stardom. So it's very sad that cyberbullying is the cause of her losing her life, taking her life away from words online. So just be a part of the cause and stop cyberbullying. If that's the biggest message that we can give away from True Hill Heat 76, I hope you can get that from us. But before we get into everything, we bring you back up, talk about the light side of the pro wrestling world, go through our True Hill roll call. This is your little quick reminder. Drop us with a like if you enjoyed this video. Push the subscribe button and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on true hill heat and to bring it up with a little bit of positivity we got to go into our true hill roll call our true hill roll call is where we shout out you 
the viewers, the supporters, the listeners of True Hill Heat, as well as our supporters online on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our YouTube channel. Our top three conversation starters, our True Hill Trinity, are as follows. Coming in at number three again is a New Japan aficionado, James Wims. Coming in at number two is the host of the Romeo Report, the co-host of True Rewind. Oh, shit, son. Romeo, <laughs> Romeo Anthony Cologne dropped back down to number two. So back at number one again is the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. My man stepped it up, bro. New number, got your, got your spot back, cuz. Got your spot back. <laughs> he, took his, he took his spot back. He heard you talking talking crap on uh, True Hills. Yeah, last spot. week, yep. <laughs> so a couple of True Hills, we got a shout out. Tyler Ireland, uh, K.N. Carlton, Car- Corey Cheeks, Carlton James, Neil Benedict, Matt Martin, Sal Phoenix, and... Stephen Mack. So a couple of the True Hills, they're up on the True Hills group page supporting us on there. And our YouTube channel, our subscribers, and one of our new subscribers, SNV Productions, as well as someone who's been contributing a lot to the comments section, Jameer more so shout outs to you guys of course if you guys want to get shout out if you want to hear your name mentioned on true hill heat drop us a comment down below i know guys like kwame as well as kayfabe tactics are always leaving us comments always getting into good conversations in the comment section below so join the join the talk during true hill heat 76 so let's get into what we missed but before that i forgot i forgot the biggest thing biggest thing i want to mention <laughs> Before we get into anything, thank you, the viewers, the supporters of True Hill Heat. We have just reached 500 subscribers to our YouTube channel. We reached our goal. Our goal was to hit 500 subscribers by the end of May. It is right now May 28th, so we have reached that goal. So help us on our march to 600. We are steadying along. We want to try to. We want to go for the big numbers, and we are going to try to reach 1,000 subscribers by the end of this year. What do you guys think about? Ooh, I think that is very doable, friend. We it got is- this. It is very doable and is reachable because of you guys watching this right now. So share this video, subscribe, like it, help other wrestling fans get involved. So let's get into what we miss. What we miss, the biggest thing what we miss was AEW Double or Nothing. We previewed, we gave our predictions last week on True Hill Heat 75. So what happened on the show? The stadium stampede happened, and it might have been one of the best matches of the year and the most fun anyone has had during this whole quarantine era in in professional wrestling. Uh, Moxley defeated uh, Brody Lee to defend the AEW world title. Cody wins the TNT championship, defeating Lance Archer. Sheeta is the new AEW women's champion. None of us predicted that one, defeating Nyla Rose. That's and it was because because all of our minds over the last couple of weeks has been on the WWE releases, the Black Wednesday releases. None of us predicted that Brian Cage would be the mystery participant in the casino ladder match. And he is the now the number one contender for the AEW world title. So we'll start off with you, Miss Chrissy Love. What was your thoughts on AEW double or nothing? But more importantly, what was your thoughts on the stadium stampede? I actually thought that. The show was good, even though I had to go and re uh, try to rewatch it because I was distracted because there was another thing going on. However, was that Beanie versus Bounty? 
<laughs> it really it was. So I mean Jesus. Listen. Hey, listen, I was double I was multitasking and I had both of them on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's your big tunes. Big tunes. Big, big, big things, man. You know how much money people would pay for a ticket for that? Anywho. Oh, man. I <laughs> wow. See? Dad, can't you want don't want us to be great, man. Um, I, 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 I didn't say anything. I didn't okay. say anything. Um, I thought the stadium stampede was fantastic. I loved it. It was better than that crap that they called the um money in the bank. That they could have done much better with that whole corporate thing if they just did it, you know. Anywho, I thought it was excellent. I, I enjoyed the show. I thought the show was a solid. And then, again, for what we are going through right now, they gave I think they gave us a great show. And I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the stadium. First of all, how do you have a pool in your stadium? How much is that ticket? Can you just randomly just get in the pool? Like, do I buy uh, my ticket that says pool? Like, you a know, pool, a pool with the water from the lake of reincarnation. I mean, just saying. I, I'm. I, <laughs> I mean, they are in Jacksonville, so they definitely needed to get something to cool the people down. You know. <laughs> How about I you? I thought it was amazing. What was your thoughts on Double or Nothing? It was an interesting pay per view. Um. It to me was it was like a heart rate. It was very. It was kind of like up, up and, and down. down. Mm -hmm. It was up and down for me. The um the TNT title match was actually just pretty. It was pure comedy for me. Like it, it was <laughs> that shit was it was pure comedy. <laughs> you kept looking um, at Mike Tyson. That's why. <laughs> yeah, match was pure comedy. I was like, um, why the Nyla <laughs> the, the 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 Sheeta and Nyla match really surprised me. Like it really surprised me. It was actually a really well sold match like uh -huh. it was really well done like i was really pleasantly surprised by that match it was really nice um it was really really good to see um but the highlight of the show my god stadium stampede crowd no crowd pandemic no pandemic was one of the funnest matches i have ever seen in my motherfucking life that that was oh my god like this was this was this is how you theat this is how you create theater in wrestling. And, I'm happy and, there was no crowd because yeah, they, they would have been yeah, able to do it like that. It's like one of those things, and it's like I, I don't want to mention the other place, but it's like if you you want to do something, let the wrestlers make it as authentic as possible and just let them have fun with it. Let them do it instead of literally overproducing it, overstaging mm -hmm. it, making everything look super scripted. That's what Stadium Stampede was. Stadium Stampede had fun at the bar. It had fun at the pool. It had fun in the benches. It had fun with... Yo, we, we saw a motherfucking horse! <laughs> we saw right. a motherfucking horse! Fucking Hangman ran the entire goddamn football field. He ran the... He he, he did a kick return into a clothesline. Like, it, it was just... And then you, you see my man Matt is getting drowned, and and you, know, you see is the Matt facts come up. <laughs> no, the matter the matter of fact. <laughs> like, it was like it's like holy, sh it's like it, it's like yo, this is so dope. Like and, and to end it, the best one of the best endings I've ever seen in a match. So like that one wing angel off the stadium, like the balcony. Oh my god, like this was just beautiful. It was just it was... so well done. <laughs> the Judas effect on the mascot. <laughs> like, like we could literally talk about this one match for yep. literally a half hour. Mm -hmm. And we would probably still miss stuff. 
yeah. was amazing. It was off. It was simply amazing. And I'm going to just leave it at that because I will keep going. Mm-hmm. I think I think our, our double or nothing uh, roundtable review went a little bit longer because we had a lot to say about the stadium stampede. Our our friends uh, Romeo and Marcus Cash uh, they they don't they don't agree they agree with us to a point, but they don't view it as a wrestling as a match. It's what do they agree? You view it as? I, they said uh, Romeo said it's the best stampede he ever saw. Uh, stampede, <laughs> I think, okay. I think I think, uh, like a lot of wrestling fans, they or Jim Cornettes of the world, they can't accept that wrestling can evolve, and right. we have evolved into cinematic matches. It was introduced to us through uh, Lucha Underground, who never really did a cinematic match. They just did all their stuff around the wrestling cinematically, and then we had Broken Universe with everything being cinematic. Then it was the Boneyard Bats, the Firefly Funhouse, Money in the Bank. Now we have this. It's just time to accept it. But mm-hmm. out of all of those cinematic things that I just named, this is the GOAT. Yeah. This is the GOAT. It, this, is nothing, this is it. Nothing, this is it. Nothing yeah. just hard hitting the spots, the the comedy, the humor. Every every note that they had to hit on this, they hit it and they hit it precisely. And that's why this is one of my matches of the year. It, when it I, I can't I can't say it's for sure the match of the year. It's definitely the match of the night. It's definitely the highlight of the year. It's probably the one thing I will remember from 2020, especially from this pandemic era. But I just feel it's definitely worthy of being a match of the year candidate. But my only question to that is that you're saying that they can say something about this is not a great wrestling match. So what's the difference between that and a false count anywhere match? I I brought that up. I brought that up. I was like, did you it's think the, the same ball, thing? The ball it's exact same term. She had they had a wrestling ring in a football field. Yeah. Like, it, it's uh, they intended to have it as a wrestling match. They couldn't even respond to me alone coming up with logic holes in their argument. So I'm gonna leave that there. But I will agree with Top Guy JJ on. One thing that is not really talked about a lot from Double or Nothing, Nyla Rose. When it comes to the AEW women's division, that the one thing about AEW that has gotten the most criticism, when it comes to as a character on the mic, Britt Baker is the GOAT. She is mm-hmm. the MVP. But when it comes to in the ring, no one has been better than Nyla Rose. Nyla oh. Rose is a green performer. I'm not saying she's the best professional wrestler. She's not even top 25 women's wrestlers. But when it comes to the AEW women's division, you put she's Nyla right. and a good worker, it's probably going to be one of the best matches of the night. She did it with Rio twice. She did it with Sheeta at Double or Nothing. This would have been the match that exceeded the expectations the most. But there was MJF versus Jungle Boy, which blew oh, me away. This was an it was a great show. It really was. Yeah. We spent a lot of time, but yes, yes. I'd you should give your thoughts on that one. The only weak part I would say is the middle portion. The Cody and Archer did not yeah. did not go off too well. Uh Statlander versus Ford. That was, you know, they the Ford was replacing Baker. They didn't have a lot of time to work on that. They're right. and then Sean Spears versus Dustin was comedy that just pissed missed me off. That pissed yeah. me off. That shit pissed me off. That so we, pissed me off. We got to give you the the real analysis here. We got to talk about the bad and the good and the great. So you heard it all from Double or Nothing. What else did we miss? We also any thoughts on the title match? I loved I loved Moxley. I thought it was actually good. Yeah, that yeah, was I... that was Moxley. If you said okay, Dean Ambrose without the whole WWE cartoonishness, Luke Harper without the whole Wyatt family thing, 
just two great brawlers having a world title match. That was perfect. Was- but the biggest thing from that, Moxley just wrestles like he's a man possessed. Like he is trying to <laughs> keep out of our mind the memory of Dean Ambrose. He yeah. Is- and he has been doing it, especially on pay-per-view, whether it was the, the full gear match with Omega, the match la- uh, a couple of months ago with Jericho, and now this one. And then this was the perfect type of world title match in that the, the guy that lost was actually the guy that got more over in this match. Because Brody... Yeah. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Like you nailed, nailed it right there. I was literally waiting for you to end the segue to say this was the this perfect person, title yeah. match mm-hmm. because the loser end up looking stronger like yep. it's like when when you can end a storyline and segue into something else and keep that keep that dark order looking as strong as it is bravo to both the winner and the fucking loser because that's how you fucking do it and, and it's just sad that they didn't see this potential in these two these two men you know what i'm saying act, like act, 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 act. Yeah. I, it happens. But I what mean, do you it happens. But I, I, I totally agree. Both of you guys said I think it was great storytelling. I think he made Luke Harper looked great, and he became the winner at the end. Brody even if he did, I mean, bro, damn it! Get that name out of your system. It is Brody Lee, <laughs> the exalted one. How dare you disrespect him like that, Mister Brody, Mister Brody Lee? I'm sorry. Number twelve is coming to your house soon. <laughs> so, one final note from Double or Nothing. What was your guys' thoughts on the partnership and the debut of Brian Cage and his partnership with uh, Taz? I didn't even see this coming, man. I was very shocked and surprised. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay, great." And Taz, and, and I have Taz like written in the storyline, perfect. I see a nice version of Brock Heyman 2.0. It's basically what it like. Cage is going to be the badass ass kicker. And then you got the legendary mouthpiece in, in Taz. Because his promo fit Cage's style like a glove. Like, the, like he speaks Brian Cage's style. And that shit was like, damn, that shit works. <laughs> I thought everything about the partnership was perfect. Like they they foreshadowed it with Taz trying to give the advice to Darby, and then Darby was the was the guy who's trying to climb the ladder as Cage is coming out, and then just him using his old catchphrase: "So <laughs> beat beat Cage if you can, survive, survive. if he lets you." <laughs> Absolutely mm-hmm. worked perfectly. Does that Beautiful. just worked perfect? And I'm looking forward to Taz and Moxley on the mic for sure. Mm. So, what else we miss on SmackDown, the home of SmackDown with the Lynches? AJ Styles is now officially on SmackDown as he and Jeff Hardy move on in the Intercontinental Title Tournament. Over on Raw, we had fans are in the crowd. It was the NXT developmental trainees are in the crowd. They're behind a plexiglass with no chairs. With no chairs. And uh, Nia Jax. Nia Jax wins a three-way to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's title. Uh, JJ, what's your thoughts on AJ going over to SmackDown? I guess it's going to give me a reason to start watching SmackDown a little bit more because, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, I, I still do believe AJ has a lot to bring to the table and he can create a lot of really good rivalries with the people that's there, obviously, Except for the Braun Strowman thing. I don't think Braun 
in him are a good pairing. So when Strowman loses his title, he can make some good partners, some good parents. But it's kind of more the same. But AJ had nothing to do on Raw. He had nothing to do on Raw, and then the scripts just wasn't leading. We wasn't going to see AJ versus Alistair. We wasn't going to see the stuff that we probably would have wanted to see. We wasn't going to see AJ versus Andrade. So it, we it, already saw AJ versus uh, Alistair. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a great match actually. It was it, it was mm, not nah, not really. Was it that was that? <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All I remember is that the Undertaker interfered. Yeah, and I, that the, the the good brothers interfered that's throughout. That's why. That's why it got. It, that's why it went down some because I enjoyed it until we. I think we knew that the Undertaker was coming. That's why it yeah. kind of took away some of the enjoyment for us. But no rivalry for them. No rivalry with Andrade. No rivalry with uh, nothing. Well, we've done sort of whole Seth Rollins saga. So there's nothing really left for AJ <laughs> on Raw. So I don't so see Chris- anything wrong with it. Chrissy, what's your thoughts on the fan, the uh, fans in the crowd at uh, Raw? Them taking a cue from AEW. Sure did. I looked. I was looking at that. I was like, oh, so now we're not only going to put crap glass, customer service glass, in front of them. We're going to make them stand the whole show. Great. You make these people stand for three hours. Wow. More than three hours. They taped nine hours of taping that day. I guess we should move on. Uh, you know, yeah, I think you definitely should. That's the yeah. annoying thing. Just one, real quick, just the annoying thing about having them in it. Clearly, they know they watch AEW now, so we clearly what? see that they watch it. But what makes it annoying is that the fans that's in WWE, Raw, NXT, and we're going to see it on SmackDown, they're programmed. They're so programmed. Like, their cheers and boos are so staged. Like, it's like they literally got applause in boo sections. It's yes! like, right? I, I much rather, I prefer how AEW does it. They put yeah. the heels on one side, the heels cheer for the heels, they boo the faces, they put the faces on one side, they cheer for the faces, they boo the so heels. I do, not, so good. I do not want to see one of our Lord and Savior's disciples, Jessamine Duke, cheering for Asuka. I do not want to see that ever again. Please don't do that ever again. Are they going to do it again? Oh, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen it's every week. Happen a yeah. program. Applause. Boo. It's like they put up a card. Like applause. Boo. Yeah, that was like TV show shit. Like that straight TV. Yeah. Yep. We're wrestling fans. We read this shit in two seconds. It's like a talk show almost. Okay, guys, ready? And they have the person that says, "Get ready to applaud, guys." And they want you to give more, give more, give more. That's them. That's what they did, basically. So top news. So sad. But obviously, it's a one up for Cody because guess what? They're watching you, friends. So just keep doing better. They've been watching. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean well, duh, yes. I mean, but, but you at least get to see that they acknowledged it now. Correct. Well, exactly. I mean, they acknowledged they acknowledged it when they put the camera where they put it. So I, it was only a matter. <laughs> it was only a matter of time before they did this. So we got to get into <laughs> our top news. Uh, our top news is, of course, about last night's Dynamite with the artist formerly known as The Revival. Now they are officially known as FTR. Last night on Dynamite, we had a six-man tag opener with Broken Matt and the Young Bucks versus Joey Janela and Private Party. After the match, Butcher and Blade attacked the Young Bucks after Matt superkicked them during the match. Then we heard an engine running and a black truck pulled up to the arena, much better than how Cody pulled up a couple of weeks ago. I just want to mention <laughs> uh, 
Out walks The Revolt, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as The Revival, Dax Hartwood and Cash Wheeler, and they were being called FTR. And they did not attack the Young Bucks. They stared off with the Young Bucks and instead attacked Butcher and the Blade. They gave uh, Blade a spike power driver. And then after the Butcher received the super kick party from the Young Bucks, they gave him a shatter machine. They had another stare off between the two teams. And then FTR walked off. What was your guys' thoughts on the AEW debut of FTR? We'll start off with you, Top Guy JJ. <laughs> top guys done right bro like it's damn like they just listen listen like they the ftr has been wearing this on their fucking trunks for the better part of a year mm. just talk let them go it. with their own ideas but talk no we're gonna it. go with the no flips and fists we're gonna go with the revival we're gonna go with fucking acid shit up their ass for comedy effects well to we're be fair that was an ftr was never their idea i, I, I know it was it, but <laughs> this is something listen that's what i'm just saying just listen like f they they have adapted something that just rang off and it's just it just it just goes with them so perfect like saying ftr to me is so much better than the revolt is so much better than the revolt and just their aura and their entrance and just the way they just popped onto the scene. Two bad dudes looking to knuckle up, looking to brawl out. And that's what we got. Give us what we see. And that's what we saw. They knuckled up, fucked up this. I don't know what the fuck Butcher and Blade was wearing, first of all. Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck was that? But we saw what we wanted to see, and then they left us with blue balls. <laughs> that's how you do a story. Like, that's how you do it. Just tickle it. Like, little, little tickle. Tickle it real quick, you know? And then just walk out. Let that shit build up through Fighter Fest, through All Out. Like, let, let, let's go. Like, this is what we've been wanting forever. Chrissy Love, Love what, what did you think about uh, FTR not touching the uh, Young Bucks during this whole angle? Let it, let, let's let it wait. Let, gotta let it play out. Let it draw it out. And that story to build up, like, it's amazing. Um, I was actually shocked that they um, didn't come during Double or Nothing, but um, I'm actually happy that they came out yet, uh, last night. Great way. They came out, like he said, two bad dudes. Just, you know, just it was done marvelous i think i bravo to them for like doing it that way and yeah just give them a good stare down we don't need you we don't need to fight right now we can wait let it just you know pan out build it up so where do you guys see this matchup this long anticipated it's been four years of anticipation for ftr versus the young bucks where do you see it taking place i, I absolutely see it happening at all out like, there's all no out? way this match does not happen at All Out. This match goes down you. at All Out. I agree with you. That seems, like, that seems like the place for it, but how do they stretch it out? So, hmm. one good thing I did listen to uh, today, Wrestling Observer Radio, Uncle Dave Meltzer, and Cousin Brian, uh, they talked about AEW <laughs> Dynamite, and they agree with us. They said that All Out is AEW's big show. That's the show that's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That All In. All In is the absolutely. show that started absolutely. all of this. So, oh, yeah, that is true. You're right. I, I, okay. That makes so, sense. All, all Out is really like their anniversary show. It's their biggest show of the year. So that is okay. the perfect 
to have the match, but how do they get from May to September? So mm. the great idea that Uncle Dave came up with. No, I think it was Cousin Brian. I'm not sure. You, can, you guys can listen to it if you want. Find out which one it was. It, But one of them said that the perfect way to build this up and to have them not touch each other for so long is the uh, that the FTR decides they want to go through every single tag team that the Young Bucks has either beaten or been beaten by to prove that they are better than the Young Bucks until they get to the Young Bucks. I couldn't, can't, can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what I was saying, that, that would be great. Is that, is like every night on Dynamite, they're just going to beat up someone else? Well, have a match or they can like, yeah, they can like build it up, separate it. Like, you know, by a couple of weeks, but you know, private party has defeated the young bucks in AEW. Right. You has defeated the young bucks. Proud and powerful has defeated the young bucks. Hangman and Omega has defeated the young bucks. So there's a couple of teams. There's a couple of different teams that they can uh, go through before they get to the Young Bucks. So what do you think about that, uh, JJ? I, honestly, like, either I, I just think that they should just honestly just go ahead and just book the damn match for All Out and then just build up straight to it. Like, we, we've seen build up. We've seen... What it, we've that's seen, what we're we've seen long, long mitigated build-ups happen. They could go in all these multiverse matches that involves them, but just not having them at it together. And I, I could like the, 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 they can just literally go into a rivalry with SCU. They could do something with SCU. The Young Bucks can go and chase the tag. They, they can get into another a turmoil tournament, chase the uh, Kenny. And I would love to see another match with the Young Bucks and Kenny and Hangman. I would love to see one more go around with that. I mean, they, I, I'd see more, they, I see many meaningful storylines happening that they can probably do, but. Or just make them allies, fake allies. Like you can make them fake allies. It probably is it, so many things. I mean, it's so many possibilities. But how do you? Like you said, I wouldn't really know how to make it four month meaningful to keep the tag team division main event status because that's what this match would be main event status. I like I like Uncle Dave's idea. Uncle Dave's idea sounds much better than Top Guy JJ's. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, we we got to move on to Matt Riddle. Matthew Riddle, the original bro, the king of bros, is now going over to the home of the Lynches, over to SmackDown. How ironic. <laughs> Great. Last night on NXT, the main event was the blow-off of the feud between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. A rumor circulated early in the week that it would be the blow-off due to WWE having plans to move Matt Riddle to SmackDown as early as this week's episode. These rumors started after word got out uh, that SmackDown showrunner Bruce Prichard had asked for AJ Styles and Matt Riddle to be brought over to the show with talent now sitting out due to the current pandemic, including Roman Reigns and former Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn. So what do you think of this rumor of Matt Riddle coming over to SmackDown? I think that the true heel gods are looking down on us right now. So I have to take it over to the princess of all the true heels. Miss Chrissy Love, what are your thoughts on the rumors of Riddle to SmackDown? I'm, I'm very, very sad. That he's going to leave and now come to SmackDown. Um, I'm sure my children will probably love him. 
Um, but uh, I think it's unfortunate that he's a talented person that has to now go by SmackDown and just have to like go sit over there and just hopefully don't get lost in the trenches like um, Shayna Baszler. I don't. I don't think Shayna's lost in the trenches. She just. You just obviously see that Vince is not as high on her as uh, Triple H was in NXT. Correct. So, like I don't think he likes much of the NXT people, and then he doesn't really do much with them when they come over. Yeah. Well, how about you, top guy? I, I love it. <laughs> yes, like I'm thinking like the newly acquired AJ Styles and Matt Riddle would have a phenomenal program together. <laughs> I am dying to see him and Daniel Bryan knuckle it up in a few matches. Like this would be phenomenal. And I do think this is somebody that can physically challenge Braun Strowman to his limits. Like, Matt Riddle can mix up with anybody on the brand, and it would be amazing. And how cool would Shinsuke Nakamura versus Matt Riddle be? Like, there are some matches on here that's got some motherfreaking potential. Like, I'm just, like, Matt Riddle, the bro. Is about to make SmackDown a whole lot better as a wrestling brand if this rumor is true. I'll let you know. In my opinion, this is the best news that has happened to SmackDown in quite some time, in my opinion. Because (laughs) they needed a spark. They needed someone new to come over. I'm sorry, AJ Styles coming over to SmackDown is great. It's great, don't get me wrong, but I don't see a lot for AJ to do even on SmackDown. And whereas Matt Riddle, everything is fresh. Everything is new. He's never been here before. And Matt Riddle has even said that he wants to go to SmackDown. He said in a recent interview that he's already uh, encountered the market of USA. He's kind of taken it over. He's been one of the top guys, the top uh, ratings guys on NXT for a number for these past couple of months. So he's already been on USA. He wants to go over to a new market. He wants to go over to SmackDown and be that star. And then what do we hear about SmackDown before they came over to Fox? Oh, they wanted to have a sports feel. Oh, they want people that are legitimate, that are real. Mm-hmm. That's Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle <laughs> is Matt Riddle on camera. He's Matt Riddle off camera. He's a former UFC star. He's a former star on Ultimate Fighter. He's got an MMA background. He's he's cool among kids. Like Matt Riddle just checks too many boxes that th- I think that I'm hoping that this is a rare, a very rare NXT call-up success story. But what do you guys think, Chrissy Love? Do you think he's going to be a rare NXT call-up success story or another in a long line of call-up failures? Um, that's what I'm hoping. I don't, I don't want to... They, their track record is not really good. And um, I hope it's not a failure. How about you, JJ? Um, I'm going to hope that this is a turn for the new... As long as Vince McMahon can somehow keep his fucking fingers off of this, mm. I hope. But yeah, the the record of NXT call ups is not good. But I do hope that this different attitude, this different vibe, will change that. And I mm-hmm. just want to see him have some great programs. Like I want to see him have. I'm not saying he's got to be in title pictures immediately, but if him being in great programs, that could do a lot for his him being explored, and then when the fans come back for some SmackDown to really be unique. Absolutely. 
Chrissy, before we wrap this topic up, who's the one person you would like to see Riddle feud with on SmackDown? We heard from JJ. We're going to hear from you. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Riddle and... Shinsuke. I can see that one. Shinsuke. I'm I'm gonna go with Riddle versus Cesaro. Riddle versus Cesaro is just guaranteed to be a great match. But also when he returns, Riddle versus Roman, that needs to be in front of fans. I'm sorry. That's that's one you can't have that one. You cannot have Riddle versus Roman not in front of fans. So that will be a big matchup for SmackDown in the future, in my opinion, if Riddle gets his call up. So Week 32 of the Wednesday Night War. This is the time of True Hill Heat where we tell you, the viewers, the ratings for the Wednesday Night War between AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. We review what happened on both shows and we decide what was the better show as far as quality for the week. So as far as the ratings war, drum roll please. Let's count on you for that. AEW Dynamite with 827,000 <laughs> viewers. 827,000 viewers is as high as in a number of weeks. NXT is also up with 731,000 viewers. WWE NXT had the great, great, great pit fight between uh, Thatcher with Thatcher uh, choking out Matt Riddle in the cage fight main event with Kurt Angle as the referee. We and had he lost great- his, Matt, his tooth. That was, that was a work. Uh- <laughs> Come on, friend. Jesus Christ. Go ahead. You see, you see how he doesn't, he doesn't let you live with the feeling that you get? I'm just saying. They literally showed Thatcher with broken teeth last week. <laughs> oh, he broke his teeth. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, uh, Drake right, Maverick. <laughs> don't, don't, don't want me to be great, you know. Go ahead. Drake Maverick wins uh, the Group A three-way finals to face Phantasma next week for the interim NXT Cruiserweight title. Uh, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream, as well as Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano, made official for NXT Takeover in your house on June seventh. AEW Dynamite, as we said before, it had FTR debuting, having their showdown with the Young Bucks. It also had Tyson Jericho have a pull-apart brawl to set up a match. It had Havoc and Sabian beat SCU to win an AEW World Tag Team title shot next week. And Jungle Boy wins a battle royal to face Cody next week for the TNT Championship. And But our one final note, most important of all, Goat Baker will return at AEW All Out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Goat Baker is coming back. (laughs) So, Top Guy JJ, we'll start off with you this week. What was the better show for the week for you? Oh, my God. I am. That cage fight was really almost swaying me. The cage fight was swaying me. But I'm going to go with I'm going with AEWs because of the start. And then surprisingly, I feel like they put the spotlight on tag team wrestling this week. Like they put the spotlight like that match with Kip Sabian and and Jimmy Havoc and SCU was fun as hell. Like that that was a really surprising. It was I thought it was way better than I anticipated it to be. And then you got the highlight of of FTR 
in in the box. It just I think that they put an emphasis on celebrating tag team wrestling, even if it was inadvertent or if it was directly. And the 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 set like I didn't feel like there was many dull moments in AEW. I just kind of was swaying towards NXT with that fucking Tyson and Jericho shit. That shit was awful. That was this was the inner circles. This was the inner circles' worst segment. Really. this was not. I wouldn't even. I can't. I can't even say inner circle because that part of it was great. That was funny. Yeah, that it, part was it, great. It was literally the moment Tyson came out that that shit went off the rails and it, yes. and it came back. Right. Bless you. He couldn't even take his fucking shirt off. It, I was like, why is this old man like here? Stop it! Like he might look like he could punch the crap out of me, but he's still old. He's still an old man. He's not like, you know, like a wrestler's, you know, 50-something-year-old. Like, he's just like, he just looked like, he he just looked like he was, like, not there. So how about you, Chrissy? What was the better show for the week for you? Um, I had it with NXT. Like, I had them as their better show. And okay. then they had the, yeah, because I, I love the the whole premise of the show. I think the the promo with Keith Lee. And uh, me and was I loved it. I thought that was great against the corny Garganos. That was um, that was the that was the worst part of the show for me. Really? I hate the, I hate I hate Johnny Gargano. <laughs> I hate horse comedy. I hate it. That shit was Basuda. Basuda. Okay, well, I had liked it. <laughs> um, I love it. I liked the cage match. I thought it was great. It's my this is my turn now. My my turn. Yes. Um, we're back. We're back up. We're back <laughs> up. Sure. Thank you. We're back up. We're um, back up. <laughs> um, I, I, but I think the whole. I love the whole inner circle. He gave peeps chopped cheese, son. Like he gave and then the Excalibur with the yes, Yo, yo, the funniest part about that whole thing was fucking when Santana gave fucking Hager the discounted Tims. Yo! <laughs> he he said, yo, yo, these are fresh Tims. They the discounted con, but they fresh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part was Jericho giving uh, Sammy the hit-me-up mobile. And giving Ortiz the headphones and Ortiz saying, I can hear! I can hear. <laughs> and then you hear these motherfuckers, he can hear. He can hear. <laughs> Yo, I, that, that's what made me give them the better show. Like, yeah, once Tyson came out and went downhill. Tyson fucked it up, man. He messed up the whole thing, dude. Like, it was so bad. I'm so sorry. Like, that, that, their part before Tyson coming out to mess it up was great. Giving them all, he gave them the Vix. He was like, "Yo, my 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 abuela gave me this. My abuela <laughs> gave this to me." And he said, "My abuela gave me this too." That's a Jericho. I was like, "Yo, these guys are are great. Whoever's decision to put all of them together is freaking phenomenal. I loved Perfect. it." So you gave it to NXT this week? No, I'm giving it to AEW. All right, so I'm oh, gonna sure. disagree with the both of you. NXT was the better show this week. Really? I, yes, yes. I loved a lot about AEW. I loved the opening, the opening tag, as well as the promo with Matt Hardy and the Elite. I I loved the FTR debut. I I really, really, really enjoyed that battle royal. That was one of the best battle royals that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, Jungle Boy looked like a star. MJF looked like a star. Yeah, Arn yep. Cassidy looked like a star. 
Um, I liked Cage's debut. I liked uh, John Moxley and uh, Taz's little exchange, and I liked everything with the inner circle. Up but... until Tyson came out, Tyson was that big of a factor. He is literally the reason why I am giving NXT the win this week. Because really? NXT, although they had the Gargano, the Gargano parody, which was not funny. It was not funny to me. I did not find it funny. I thought it was very corny. <laughs> but but everything else hit to me. I like the buildup between Cross and uh, Tommaso. Yeah. I, like, I, like yeah. yeah. I, I love the Zoom call between Regal and Adam Cole. I yes, me they too. Have, yes. They have great chemistry together. I like the three-way matchup. It was just a whole bunch of moves. That finish made absolutely no sense, though. How yeah. the hell does Kushida have an arm bar where his legs are laying over the guy's <laughs> shoulders and then Drake Mavericks just puts an arm over the same guy and they count the one, two, three and give the win to Drake? It should have been a double pin. They double both pin, were yeah. pinning both, Yeah. It just... I, I, that's besides the I, point. I thought Drake Maverick was fired. Fired. What happened? And, it, it was an that, that To answer our question from a couple of top newses ago, yes, that is officially a work. That was officially a storyline. But my prediction for it is that Drake wins next week against Phantasma and yeah. becomes new interim NXT Cruiserweight champion and then loses to Kushida in his first defense. Mm, okay. Sure. And I am completely over NXT in this whole segue until this tournament is over. Hey, it's over <laughs> next week. Don't worry. But like, I, I, reason, I can't do it. Like, main reason I'm giving this, this tournament. Main reason I'm giving this week to NXT the cage fight. The cage fight. The cage fight was awesome. NXT fight. That was amazing. It was great. All of the cages like that, like the little platform area. The structure was amazing. It gave me a uh, uh, reminiscent of the Lions Den. Uh, these guys went out there and worked. I love the I love the little moment, the work moment of the broken teeth because it added to the element of the the realism of this. I love the MMA exchanges between both men. Both men are just born to do that type of wrestling. This it was just it was honestly the best match NXT has had on since last year. Honestly, yes, the best. The best match on NXT TV in 2020 was Riddle versus Thatcher, in my opinion. Damn, so sorry. That's, why, that's a harsh critic, it yo. Good. It was good. It was good. It was I am good. giving it to NXT for this week. But we got to move on. WWE News. PW Insider reports that Drew Gulak has already re-signed with WWE and will appear on this upcoming uh, SmackDown episode. No figured way. that one out. That was that wasn't hard. Uh, hey, uh, another Nia Jax incident. <laughs> another Nia Jax incident has occurred during the most recent uh, Raw TV taping. Kyrie Sane faced Nia Jax again. During the match, Kyrie was thrown into the steel steps and her head hit the corner, splitting her open. Uncle Dave notes that no one in WWE is blaming Nia for this, but apparently she was involved in the match. Hey, whatever you guys so want to do. So, how did she get her? So, who helped her get her head bashed into the staircase? N- Nyla just helped her get there. That's on her. That was on her. Okay. So I, uh, Vince McMahon was reportedly behind uh, delaying having developmental talent in the crowd due to the small arena that is the PC being able to spread the virus very easily. Oh, guys, so he had a good reason. 
he had good reasoning for it. Vince is also the person that insisted that there is a barrier between uh, those talent and the uh, ringside area, as well as the talent not having chairs. That was all on Vince. Uh, WWE has already started making plans for their uh, live event schedule after the pandemic ends. And WWE also has an intense uh, schedule for this coming week as they will be continuing to tape a few weeks of TV over the, the next week. Really? Yes. AEW news. Uh, among the Tyson Posse last night on Dynamite was MMA stars uh, Henry Caduto, as well as uh, Victor Belford, UFC Hall of Famer uh, Rashad Evans, and actor Ricky, uh, Mickey Gooch, who was that idiot with the black face paint on his face, which pissed me off more than anything about this segment. I just want to say that. Um, also, <laughs> also, Chrissy, also... I don't know if you noticed, our boy 24 from Jersey Shore was a part of the pull-apart brawl. No! Yeah, 24, Zach Clayton, the, the boyfriend of Wow. I was incorrect. I said earlier that it's ex-boyfriend, but good shout-out to Jessica V. She corrected me. They are still together. They're quarantined together. So, yes, 24 was a part of the posse that was separating Tyson and Jericho last night. What? Wow. AEW watches True Hill Heat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> MMA star Chris Cyborg took to Twitter to request joining the Tyson entourage in AEW. Uh, the injury to Mark Quinn of Private Party last night on Dynamite was a work. It was just to get uh, Matt Hardy away from the ring for the FTR debut. Impact Wrestling News, the virtuoso Diana Parasa debuts in Impact Wrestling this week during a vignette, so congrats to her. She bounced back very quickly. Uh, NWA News, on the second episode of NWA Carnyland, NWA President Billy Corgan announces that they will be having an election to determine the first mayor of Carnyland. So check out the third episode to find out how that election is going to take place. And then in other news, we have Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, has announced that he will be making his first post-WWE appearance at WrestlePro Alaska show on September 19th. So congrats to him. He's bouncing back very quickly from his WWE release. So finally, that brings us to our last segment. Since we talked about all the news, we are here to bring you some happiness. All three of us have prepared our own personal top three happiest wrestling moments. Top three. So how I think we're going to do it. We're going to each go around. We'll each do the same number at the same time. So we'll say, what is your number three? We'll start off with Chrissy Love. We'll work it around. We'll say, what's the number two? Start off with Chrissy Long, work it around. And then finally, our number one. We are doing this to bring you some happiness, to bring you some happy memories because there's been a lot of sadness, a lot of loss in the wrestling community. So we are here to remind you of all the happy times in professional wrestling. We don't get too many right now in this pandemic era, so we have to bring it to you and remind you on True Hill Heat. So, Miss <laughs> Chrissy Love, we'll start off with you. What is your number three happiest wrestling moment? What, uh, my number three happiest uh, wrestling moment um, has to be, and we talked about this yesterday, the match um, Made in Heaven. Macho Man getting married to Miss Elizabeth. Um, I love that wedding. I loved everything about it. I, me as a little girl, thinking that they really were getting married for real when they were already married, 
I love everything about it and just being that whole element, everyone commentated everything, the dresses, outfit, all of the above, I think is one of the happiest moments going back as my number three. Top guy, JJ, hit us with your number three. That's a good one. I like Thank I like you. that one a lot. That's that's one of that's one of the rare wrestling weddings that did not go that did not have uh, any like surprise ending or surprise twist at the end. It was just a wedding. Well, the reception did. Well, the, the reception the did, itself, but the wedding itself went, went good. Yes, that you're absolutely right. Out of hitch. Uh, top guy, JJ, you're number three. Oh, I can't wait to hear your two and one. That one is, oh, that one is powerful to the match made in heaven. <laughs> oh, man, my number three wrestling moment that was, like, happiest for me, like, this was during the Attitude Era for me mm-hmm. watching this, and I was a sucker for this storyline because I'm a teen, I'm a young teenager. Is when Stephanie McMahon was about to become a sacrificial, (gasps) she was about to become a sacrificial bride to the Undertaker in the unholy wedding. That is a great one. Out of all people, Stone Cold Steve Austin saved the wedding. And the reaction that Stephanie had when she un when she was untied, she looked like her life just got saved. Yeah. And then you just see Vince McMahon just thank you, thank you. Like he like, <laughs> it generally looked like a kidnapping was just saved. And, and that was like oh shit, like this was awesome. This was pretty dope. This yep. was pretty dope. So I that was if I pick number three, that's my number three moment. I, I I like that I like that one a lot. That's like uh, it bring, it brought a smile immediately to my face remembering that one. I remember being like 11 years old and coming to to my day camp the the following day. Like yo yo y'all saw it. Austin saved the day. <laughs> Absolutely good times right there. My number three happiest wrestling moment is probably the earliest one, more or less I can remember. Like really really. Happy, I was a part of the build up to it, and it has to be the boyhood dream comes true as Sean <gasps> Brett the Hitman Hart at WrestleMania 12 in the Iron Man match. I just I, I have like fierce memories about it. I'll talk about it more on True Hill, True Rewind as we relive some of those moments. But I remember hating Owen Hart. When he gave Shawn Michaels the insiguri that caused his concussion that had Shawn Michaels out for a number of months, I remember the tell me a lie and tell me all you dream. Yeah, I remember all that. The, the, the whole uh, vignette. Thing with yeah, emotional music for Shawn, his return at the Royal Rumble, winning the Royal Rumble in 1996, and then that, that classic Iron Man match. Not the best to look back on in 2020 eyes, but in 1996, it was a classic. It was great. It was one of the best matches in WrestleMania history. But the moment itself of Sean holding the belt, looking at the belt like it was a child, is my one of my happiest wrestling moments. Good one, one. that was a great one. Good one, and I, I didn't pick that one because I was such a Bret Hart fan. So that was not my boyhood dream. Happens. All right. So, <laughs> Miss Chrissy, hit us with your number two happiest wrestling moment. My, uh, one of this, this one was a hard one for number two. Um, however, I'm going to give it to Stone, another Stone Cold moment is when he put cement in Vince McMahon's car. Oh, okay. That one. <laughs> 
for me as a kid, I'm like, nah, he's not really gonna do that to this man's car. But he had to because Vince McMahon was just being such an asshole and just was like in Stone Cold's way. And just like Stone Cold was just just beating every obstacle that was in front of him from Vince McMahon. And once he put the cement in the, the car and then the windows busted out, I was like, wow, like this man has a lot of money to replace this car. And I think it's a great moment for me. I, I dig it. I dig it. It's, it's one of those funny, it's definitely a funny wrestling moment for sure to look back yep. on, especially Vince's reaction to his, yes. Corvette, his Corvette being ruined. <laughs> How about you, Top Guy JJ? Your number two most happiest wrestling moment. Um, let's see. My number two, this one is actually what I was calling in my mind like the most proper send-off, and I believe this is still the greatest retirement ever was the retirement ceremony of Ric Flair. <gasps> yes. Like, this this here hit all cylinders for me for wrestling. And when you get to see the Four Horsemen come out, you get to see Triple H come out, you get to see Shawn Michaels come out. And this was the first time that I have ever seen, personally, Undertaker become one of the boys. When the Undertaker came out, I was like, this is awesome. Like, this, this is special right here. This is this is beautiful. Like, it was just surrounded with joy, with happiness, with celebration. And he got the send-off that he truly deserved. Like, there was no retirement ceremony that was done up like that one. And mm-hmm. that right there was the only retirement ceremony that had me watery when I was watching it. Because it was like... The respect this man had was unmatchable. So that, to me, was like, that will always live in my head forever. That's a, that's a really, really, really uh, good one. Yeah, Sutton, so, 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 uh, I think some fans will say it's a happy moment. So others will say it was sad to see Ric Flair go. But yeah. definitely a memory that sticks out in everyone's mind, for sure. I, I call it a happy moment because he got the roses while he still can. Yes. He got the roses, he got the acknowledgement, he got the celebration while he is still coherent enough to accept it all. Yep. And we don't celebrate his life while he's gone. We celebrated it in his face, and it was yeah. beautiful. Okay. I like it. I dig it. So before we go through our number one, I'll give my number two. I, I'll, we'll just go around and we'll name like one or two honorable mentions as well. So okay. uh, my, number, my number two, I had to go back in time. I had I was originally gonna say one that I will mention in my honorable mentions, but this one I was a lot more happier for. I am going to one that probably is one you would have to go back to the WWE Network to remember, but it's not even from the WWE. It's from WCW. I was a big uh. WCW mark in 19, 1995 through the end of the the whole run with them. But my guy from probably before 1995, when I first discovered uh, WCW, the first feud I ever saw was Vader versus Sting. And I was a Sting guy. I wanted to be like Sting. I dressed up like the Crow Sting when I was nine years old for Halloween. (laughs) I was a a black kid with a white face. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I am a Sting mark. So my greatest memory of being so happy for Sting is uncensored 1997. 
in the lead up to Uncensored 1997, there was rumors that Sting had joined the NWO, that he had turned his back on WCW. He was seen during promos behind the NWO members. He was basically trying to lull them into a false sense of security because after the NWO wins at Uncensored 1997 in the main event, Sting comes down from the Raptors, pops up in the ring, and he just stands there. It's like a standoff. Hogan's outside with Rodman. Hogan tells Hall and Nash to get in the ring and go after him. And Sting finally attacks the NWO for the first time ever. Moms, the, the adrenaline. Like, this was my first moment of, like, the excitement of anything. Yeah. Been the, sp- the twist of story. This is my first memory of it. I was only nine years old, and I was in love with Sting. And I loved him even more after he attacked the NWO. Dude, love- how long did this take? Like, how long did it take for Sting to finally now, yep. pick a to pick a side? He took he he left WCW the night after Fall Brawl 1996 yeah. in September, September, October, November, December, January, March, March of 1997. It took him to finally months. say, "I am on the side of WCW." It's Seven. one of the best buildups. Oh. Of all time, and it start and it really the kickoff of his sparking of the Sting versus Hogan and the fans wanting that starts yeah. right here at Uncensored yeah. 1997. So Definitely. before we go around and give our number one most happy happiest wrestling moment in history, we're going to go around and name one or two honorable mentions that give you a smile when you remember it. Miss Chrissy Love, I- I'll give you some time to think about it. We'll start off with. I, I know I have it. Oh. oh, you have one? Okay. Yeah, I have one. Um, my honorable one is when um, I think DX had like first, really first started, and they're playing, I think they're playing cards in the ring. And I think it's like strip poker, and then they got to start taking their clothes off. And China won. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, this is like before, like, this is plain China. This is before she got like all dolled, dolled up and everything. This is like early, early DX, and they and Sean had lost, and he had to take off all his clothes. It's great classic wrestling te- storytelling at its finest. I, I loved it. One of and my, one of my, down, and they beat down the headbangers. Yes, great, great stuff. Great, great stuff. Love it. Just put the smile on my face still. <laughs> Top guy, JJ. <laughs> of course. And Sean all naked. Yeah, my whole head in a fucking loop because. First, she, she's fucking infatuated with Dexter Loomis, and then she comes up with another naked man's pop-up, of course. You know, this, this is the balance that we're going to get, and, you know, this is the balance that we're going to get. I'm just saying, you know. I, my honorable mention, and I was going back and forth with it a lot, but um, I had to just kind of nub it out, but this was just so personal for me, was just seeing the Hardy Birds return at WrestleMania 33. When I saw the Hardy Boys make that return and it was real, like they're finally going to come home and just finish out what their unfinished business was. And just that pop, just the the happiness from everyone in that building was, Mm -hmm. that was the loudest thing I've ever heard in one time, in one sitting. Like that was, that was amazing. So that was, that was up there with me, but seeing things in my past was like, ah. Not going to let me put that up there. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. It is understandable. Uh, The honorable mention that I was mentioning earlier, it's not the one I wanted to mention here, but uh, the one I had in my list before I kind of reshuffled everything was Stone Cold 
going back to the old Stone Cold during the invasion angle after getting a talk from uh, Vince McMahon in a bar and they're having the whole big melee between the WWF and the Alliance and Stone Cold pulls up in his pickup truck and just goes off and then when the glass shatters I still get that goosebumps pop, just thinking about pop. it. That pop is ridiculous. So I just talked about that pop. JJ just talked about probably the biggest pop I've ever been a part of at WrestleMania 33 with the Hardys returning. But my own personal honorable mention is the the pop of myself where I felt myself like having a thousand people pop was the debut of UFC uh, Hall of Famer. <laughs> the former Raw Women's Champion. And I thought I was done with drinking for the, the day. The baddest woman on the planet. JJ was right next to me, just a couple of seats away. I lost it. I literally had myself, I was recording myself, and all the recording is, is the phone shaking with me like, ah! I, I, it was an out-of-body experience. Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 34. This, this man just said, happiest moments ever was her coming out at the end of a pay-per-view that meant nothing. I said WrestleMania 34, so obviously you weren't listening, so that's okay. Anyway, Miss Chrissy Love. Uh, I, I kind of did stop listening after WrestleMania, after Ronda Rousey, once I heard the Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, that, I that, just, that just says a lot about your hearing more than what you're listening to. Miss Chrissy Love, what is your happiest wrestling moment in history? My happiest wrestling moment had to be uh, going to Evolution. Um, the all-women's pay-per-view. Um, just seeing all little girls, all women's of all types of walk that love wrestling. We all we got dressed up. We had a ladies brunch. I had a great time that day. Uh, it was a very special day just to see all these ladies come out, just to see uh, uh, all women's pay-per-view, just to like headline and just uh, give a great show. And I really enjoyed um, that show. I thought it was one of their better pay-per-views of that that year per se um it just puts a smile on my face to see uh all these ladies together i look back on those pictures and i think we had a great time and we were all together and i just seen like little girls just like happy to just be wrestling fans you know and they have an outlet and they can watch wrestling so that's one of my that's my number one love it that's a good one that's a, a recent one so i'm not the yeah. most recent <laughs> uh years, top guy jj I was torn between two at number one, and one didn't even make my list, which is kind of crazy because I really wanted to do the return of Elizabeth at WrestleMania Seven. That was like Ooh, that. That was that one, was yeah. that one hits my heart in so many ways. That's an honorable but I one. Wanted, I wanted to stick to something very personal. Okay, and it was the very first pay per view that I attended when it felt like ECW was alive for one more night at ECW one night stand of 2005. Like the fans atmosphere was, that was, I can never get over how that felt. Just <laughs> with, with seeing, seeing my old favorites, like seeing the Lionheart come out, seeing, you know, seeing Lionheart and Landstorm. And then I, I, I'll just kind of skip past, I, we, I, we got to see Eddie, Eddie and Chris Benoit have a classic match during that night as well. But then to have the entire building 
mm-hmm. mark out to the Sandman's entrance. That was that was wrestling unity at its finest. Like it, 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 you can never take that five minutes away from us. You can never mm-hmm. ever in your life take that five minutes away from us. It was the crowd. It was the the crowning moment of my wrestling experiences so far. And I'm just going to keep it personal with that one because that was my happiest moment as a wrestling fan. Like, that was beautiful. Mm, Good one, friend. Love it. That's a really good one. The ECW One Night Stand 2005, one of the greatest events in WWE history. Um, My number one, to kind of wrap this all up, it's kind of a two two-sided one kind of because from my my first like earliest memories getting back into wrestling around like 2005 2006 the first like show i ever went i i went to a few like wwe ecw uh type of shows in 2006 but the first major like show that i remember going to outside of the wwe was ring of honor final battle 2006 i went with our good friend over from the all Elite Recap, Marcus Cash. That was our first ever independent wrestling event together. And it was the biggest show in ROH's year. And the main event was all about Homicide. Homicide winning the ROH world title in the main event. But there was someone he was versing that I had saw a lot of. That I saw classic matches of on DVDs doing my research of Ring of Honor for like a year and a half before I went to this event. And he was the guy that stood out the most to me. Mm. That guy then, I think eight years later, was then became the biggest underdog in professional wrestling history. So my number one memory of all time is WrestleMania 30 and the end, the Bourbon Street miracle coming true as Danny O'Brien defeated Triple H, Batista, <laughs> Randy Orton, all <laughs> in one night. To see someone in a small building, like the Hammerstein Ballroom, a thousand people in the building. But the moment he came out, and he was the biggest heel in the company, everyone stood on their feet. And like, like, like how JJ describes with the Enter the Sandman entrance, the only thing that has come close to that since then is Daniel Brian Danielson's entrance Brian in Danielson. Ring of Honor to Final Countdown. Everyone stood oh on their feet. Oh, my God. It's the final countdown. And everyone sang him to the ring. He would not get onto the ropes until it hit that note. And it's the final countdown. Yeah. Just feeling that unity. Like, that was my greatest <laughs> Before All In and going to New Japan events, all AEW, my favorite memories of going to wrestling events was Ring of Honor when Brian Danielson was on top. So to see someone in a thousand seat building go all the way to WrestleMania in New Orleans in front of 70,000 and be a 13-time world champion uh, and two of the biggest stars of the past two decades, Mm -hmm. that's it. Daniel Bryan winning the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Championship is by far my happiest wrestling moment. I was here. I was uh, I was here in New York watching it back at my at my apartment with my nephew. My nephew got on the got on the couch and was screaming. Yes. Yes. yes." One of my friends was a big Randy Orton fan. Shout outs to him. Laurent and my nephew chanted yes in front of his face like, yes, he won. Yes. 
my nephew is is now 18 years old. Back then, he was only what 12, 13 years old. So the youth was in him, and he represented us in his youth. He was screaming yes. Is one of my happiest moments. I got to spend it with my family, my friends, and just watch my favorite wrestler of all time win the big one by far. Nice, love it. Still so one of WWE's have... greatest stories. That's one of <laughs> WWE's greatest stories. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So you guys in the comments section, we want to hear from you. Put down, mm-hmm. put down below your top three happiest wrestling moments. We only want to see happy wrestling moments in the comments section for True Hill Heat 76. So put those down below. But we got to wrap things up on this episode of True Hill Heat. What you got coming to our or to the channel right now, or you could check it out right now, is our AEW Double or Nothing uh, 2020 pay-per-view roundtable with myself, Marcus Cash, and Romeo. Undertaker The Last Ride Chapter 3 review with myself and Romeo, my exclusive interview with MLW commentator AJ Kirsch for a True Hills BTR, and the latest True Rewind, AE Recap, Dark Power, and SmackDown with the Lynches are all up, and next Wednesday... We will have our first Dark Side of the Ring Season 1 review as we cover the match made in heaven, the story of the Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth with, of course, Miss Chrissy Love and a special guest, Top Guy JJ. So, Miss Chrissy, Top Guy, tell them where they can follow you online. Uh, you can find me. I am the sensation Miss Chrissy Love. You can find me on IG, uh, Facebook, and on Twitter. Uh, Miss Chrissy Love underscore or Miss Chrissy Love uh, Crystal Lynch. All right. And at Instagram, I am True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. At Facebook, I am simply Justin Johnson. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. You can follow me at True Hill underscore Epic SP3. You can follow Battle Club Pro over on YouTube. Subscribe to their YouTube channel, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the Pro Wrestling Spotlight over on Facebook and Instagram. You could uh, subscribe to my good friend Jimmy Macaram. We're doing a whole bunch of cool new view- reviews now. We're checking out. Our, uh, Ozark on Netflix. So if you've what? been watching that, we nice. are reviewing that now. So check that out. So, and you could also subscribe to uh, My Battery is Dying. Marcus Cash has his own YouTube channel. God bless YouTube. Hopefully they're safe. Um, <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can listen to True Hill Heat. If you are listening right now to this episode, we appreciate you listening. And please make us one of your favorite podcasts on wherever you are listening right now. And, of course, one last reminder to you guys. If you made it this far into the video, push that like button. It helps the YouTube channel grow. Push the subscribe button and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. So, for Miss Chrissy Love, for Top Guy JJ, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. Until True Hill Heat 77 next week, we are signing off for True Hill Heat 76. Until next time.